0: welcome back to a mavs outsider podcast with your host dustin doing a post-game pod and a pre-game pod for the dallas mavericks um playoff run that i guess you can call a run now because they passed the first round but um we'll get uh, we'll go over the utah game and look at the uh the phoenix series. Um, coming up and then we'll look at some other series going on now that all the um first round games are done with uh you know i i thought about doing the pod on friday night i'm doing this currently on saturday morning thought about doing it friday night but i kind of wanted to see if memphis would just close it out that way i could kind of go over the uh the whole second round at the same time you know the the mavs next game is not till monday so i knew i had some time so we'll uh well, though, start with the Dallas Utah game. Uh, you know, looking back on that game, it was um, it was not a very good game. You know, I I like to think that Utah is better than they sort of showed up um, or sort of showed in this in the um, in the playoffs. You know, Dallas <sighs> Dallas they uh, one of the things they do that aggravate me a little and they did in this game is at the end of the games you know they have the lead and they sort of just play the clock instead of instead of trying to score a basket they tend to try and just run clock and they end up getting a bad shot with a second left on the shot clock and they'll give they'll have two or three possessions in a row where they don't score well, then on the other end, they allow twos and threes, and they just they allow the other team to come back, and it's very frustrating. But they got the win. Um, Bogdanovich at the end, he got a shot that <clears throat> could have gone in. You know, the the Jazz hadn't been shooting the three point very well all series. Uh, you know, maybe there was a game or so where they did, but you know they shot twenty five percent for this game. Bogdanovich himself was 50%, um, and he you know, missed that last one, obviously, to get to that 50%, so. Um, overall, though, it, what was funny about this game was the first half shooting for the Mavs was just atrocious. Uh, I believe they were down by like 12 or something at some point. The second half, three-point shooting, basically brought their their percentage up to thirty nine percent, thirty nine and a half percent. You know, Brunson was two for four. Luca was four for ten. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie was the surprise. He um, he'd been really struggling with his shot um, in the first few games of the, or basically all the games of this series. Um, but he was actually four for seven. He hit some big shots in that second half. Um, he was uh, a big part of their comeback. Uh, you know, one of the things that they did in the third quarter is they they pulled Powell really early. Um, Powell, he didn't even score. He had one rebound, zero points, and he was over 2. This was a bad series for Powell. Um, it, you know, his second half of the season, basically post-All-Star break, was probably one of the best you know runs of his career he was having a really good run this was a bad matchup for him because powell powell has no length he um you know i don't know what powell's wingspan is but i wouldn't be shocked if it was at or below his height so and if it's over you know that's fine but Powell plays smaller than he is you know Powell's 6'10 and he plays smaller than that like you know I look at Luka he's 6'8 I feel like he plays bigger than that you know Luka's defense this game was I thought incredible I you know I not to be like a homer or whatever and obviously I am a homer but I thought Luka's defense in this game was incredible uh you know his block on um I guess that was Wancho on his dunk attempt. I, I thought it was a fantastic. Um, you know, he had two blocks, he had two steals, he had eight assists and nine rebounds. Luca's rebounding was just incredible. I, you know, <clears throat> he's Dorian Finney Smith actually led the team in rebounding. That's one of the few times Luca didn't lead the team in all the statistics. <clears throat> you know, Luca, if Luca gets you know two more rebounds, he'll lead the team and um, he would have led the team in... Basically all five categories. Now, other couple other guys had two steals, but um, Luca had two blocks and um, eight assists. But uh, and also Jalen, I guess Jalen Brunson had twenty four points as well. But you know the Jazz did out rebound the Mavs again in this game, but it wasn't. You know it was eleven by eleven rebounds, but for whatever reason, I guess it didn't really feel like. It didn't really feel like that big of a discrepancy that it did in the, I guess it was like the first two games that it was really bad. Um, I think in the first two games, it was like 19 rebounds in both games or something like that. So, you know, the first two games, the Jazz out the Mavs just incredibly, you know, and Dallas actually was able to pull off a win in the second one. But, you know, as the series went on, as Lucas showed up, you know, the rebounding, sort of went to, um, you know, basically um, even. Um, You know, the last few games, they had been even. Now, Like I said, this game, Utah did out-rebound them. And I I thought this was... What was funny is I thought this was kind of a bad game for Dallas. Um, You know, there was a few guys, like Dorian Finney-Smith. He was four for nine from three. Seven for 13 overall. He had 10 rebounds and five assists with 18 points. Like, that's... That Dorian hey, Finney Smith had a fantastic game like he he, he you know to go along with his defense um, Dorian Finney Smith was just great and you know, he he has been I I, um, I think he deserved the contract extension. He got I, I think it's a bargain deal still, you know when you look at um What NBA's or what would NBA players are paid today? I think it was a good deal. So I was happy for Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, Reggie Bullock, from what I understand, wasn't feeling well. Um, you know, he still played 44 minutes. He only scored six points. He had six rebounds. He had a couple steals and a couple assists. So, you know, getting this time off, not having to play till Monday, I hope he gets to, you know, feeling better because um, we're really going to need him against Phoenix, and we'll get to that. Um, Brunson had another good game. Um this was, I thought, one of his better ones. you know, he shot fifty-two percent overall. I want to say that's probably his highest of the game of the series. Um, you know, some of the other games, I think he shot below fifty percent. But you know, he had he had twenty-four. Um, it's funny when you look at um, plus-minus. Uh, <laughs> you know, Luca's plus fifteen, but the um, Jalen Brunson was minus sixteen. And, you know, one of the things people say is Daniel House is probably their best defender on Utah. And he was a minus 14. So, obviously, that's one of the reasons why people don't like plus minus. Because it really doesn't tell the whole story. Um, Another guy who I thought, you know, Maxie, Maxie... only had one foul, which is good to see because, you know, he played 23 minutes. Um, They were important minutes, but one of the lineups that Dallas ran, um, I think more than anything in this game was the, um, they obviously had the three guards, Luca, Brunson, and Dinwiddie in the game, along with Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith. And I, you know, I don't think, I don't think utah really had a answer for that um you know gobert he's not a dominant center he's not a guy who who's gonna score points on you when you go small like that you know he had 10 points he had 12 rebounds that's just an average stat line you know it's not um it's not great and one of the things i think you know white side was just awful this game Whiteside didn't even score he was a minus seven he had four rebounds and i think going small really affected him more than anything they did end up playing pascal you know on close to four minutes but he really wasn't that effective um you know he he had that one stretch during the One of the games, I believe it was game two or something. I can't remember. Um, One of the games Utah lost, but he did have a stretch where, uh, you know, he helped. You know, he provided energy and stuff because Dallas was playing small and they Utah couldn't do anything about it. Um, But you know, I I guess for Utah, you know, Mitchell had twenty three and Clarkson had fifteen. Bogdanovich had nineteen. Bogdanovich actually showed up. And so for them, you know, for Utah it was overall, it was a pretty good game. But what's funny is the the defense, I, I guess, people look at this series and, you know, they see games like this where, you know, Dallas squeaked out a win. And there's been a few other games. But, you know, I think from what they say, Utah had the best offense Um was it from all the like they had the number one rated offense of all the playoff teams I or all or all the nba i don't know what it was but um utah's offense during the regular season was really good and the fact that dallas was able to hold them under 100 for a few for several games you know it was more than one um i i don't have all the game scores in front of me so i don't know what it is but you know basically the defense is what kept dallas in this game and it, you know they did need the offense they got from um brunson and dinwiddie and dorian finney smith you know one of the things i've noticed in this series that um they really haven't had in the past two years um even against the clippers see i I think obviously this team um this year i think is better than the you know the teams they had the last two years um the, you know, the first the first team they had going into the playoffs was a pretty good team. Uh, you know, they, they, Luka basically was the whole team. Um, Porzingis had a good bubble, you know, because their first playoff run was in the bubble. Luca had a good, or uh, Porzingis had a good bubble. And, you know, he played well for the first <clears throat> couple games, but he soon got injured. And basically, you know, I don't know, I don't even know who the Demavs' second best player was at that point. Maybe it was Seth Curry. Maybe it was uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, maybe that was their second best player. I, I don't know. Um, some people would probably say Tim Hardaway was the second best player. You know, they didn't have uh, Brunson. Brunson was out that series. He, he missed that um, whole thing. He had, like, shoulder surgery. He missed the whole bubble. <clears throat> so, you know, that team was just uh, – that team wasn't going anywhere. That just wasn't a good team. Um, you know, last year in the playoffs, they had virtually the same team. They had Josh Richardson instead of Seth Curry. Um, Porzingis was able to play the whole series, but he wasn't really effective. Um, the Clippers basically decided they were just going to put Kawhi on Porzingis and let Lucas score his 40 and know that nobody else was going to beat him. You know, again, it was Tim Hardaway. Uh, if Tim Hardaway was good, the Mavs won. If Tim Hardaway was bad, the Mavs lost. That's pretty much how that series went last year. And so it, it worked out that, again, Tim Hardaway was probably their second best player. Jalen Brunson had a very poor showing in his first playoff appearance. My guess is because, you know, the Clippers, you know, they have a lot of size. They have a lot of length when they, you know, on their when they defend. Um, it was a good Clippers team, obviously, an underachieving team as they always are. Um, Kawhi obviously got hurt, but this year, you know, Brunson's playing his best basketball. You know, Dinwiddie, he's, he's hot and cold, but he does have the ability to handle the ball. He does have the ability to get to the rim, and uh, you know, he can make plays, he can dribble. And his shooting here in Dallas has been better than I think it has been in most of his career, which is good to see. Um, One thing I'd like to see more from Spencer is uh, his defense. I think he could be a better defender with his length. Uh, You know, Brunson, even though he's sort of a small guy, he's improved his defense, um, I think, greatly over the last year. To me, he's one of the bigger improvements in defense defense um <clears throat> he's made one of the bigger leaps in defense. Um I always thought Luca was an underrated defender, you know, Luca. Luca's defense the last few years has been there. It's just the um it's not it's more not, I don't want to make this sound bad, um but it's more the drive, the more the want. You know, you got to want to play defense. And I think sometimes Luca had to do so much on offense in the past few teams that he didn't have the energy to give it all on defense and offense, but now, you know, you can have Brunson handle the ball, or you can have Dinwiddie handle the ball, or even, you know, and this is a guy who's really struggled um, this playoffs, Josh Green. During the season, they let Josh Green handle the ball, and, <clears throat> you know, I, I would like to see him um, figured out. I don't I don't know why he struggled so much in this series, Um Utah didn't even guard him. Uh, you know, one of the things that... i The only thing I can think of is Rudy Gobert's presence in the paint is a big deal. You could see it. Um, thankfully, they don't have to face another Rudy Gobert-type player um, the rest of the way if, you know, indeed they advance, you know. And we'll get into it with next series, but <clears throat> in the Western Conference, you know, the bigs that are left are... Basically, Steven Adams, Looney, and Aiton. Now, Aiton is a good defender. Uh, Apparently, Aiton's been, um, people have been talking about his numbers, and like I said, we'll get into this here in a minute. Aiton's been a really good defender so far in the playoffs. Now, he's been defending Valanchunas, which is a traditional center that you would have seen back in the, um, you know, 80s and 90s and stuff. Uh, and he's 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 a good center. Um, I wouldn't say he's great. Aiton's obviously to me a better player than he is um, than Valanciunas. So, uh, but Aiton isn't. Aiton doesn't have the length of Gobert. Even Whiteside. You know, Whiteside's presence and his ability to alter shots was something that I think affected Dallas a lot. But they were still able to and it's something that i think affected josh green because one of the things josh green does is he he can get to the rim i think there were a few shots he had at the basket in the series that were just blocked um you know as athletic as he is he doesn't have to me he doesn't have the length that um he to me he's somewhat of a small guard (laughs) he i feel like he's a small guard when he's out there playing so but he his defense is something that I think they're gonna need. So I'm hoping he has a better series. I'm hoping without the length of the big in the middle, you know, uh, the backup for. I will say the backup for Phoenix is JaVel McGee. He does have a lot of size and length, um, and he is a factor um, in their defense. Uh, you know, but Aiton being one of their three best players really limits the minutes that you know uh, McGee's going to get. <clears throat> I don't think they'll go to a lineup where they play 8 and Ann McGee. That would be sort of crazy, but you know, McGee's the only guy I guess they really technically have to worry about as far as length, but you know, they still did do a good job getting to the basket and you know, Josh Green, that's one of his things. He he has the ability to get to the basket and I think Gobert and Whiteside in the middle really affected his game, and I'm hoping in this Phoenix series that changes Because he really he only had one good game and he really struggled Um, I think the other five he was really bad. Um, He only played two minutes. Bertans only played two minutes Uh, You know Bertans contributed the one game that Green did Uh, It was the I believe it was game two the one they won Without Luca and <clears throat> you know it. I guess they won two without Luca, but uh, it was one of the ones they won without Luca. You know, Green and Bertans I think showed up both games. You know, and played very well. You know, Dallas with their lack of size, I think will do a little bit better in this series. Now, McGee again will be. McGee has length, but I don't think. <sighs> one thing. One thing I will say about McGee is. Because McGee has, McGee's been, McGee's won a couple titles now. I think it's like three now. And I think he understands his role. Early in his career, I didn't think he understood his role. And he, I think, was trying to be something that he wasn't. And obviously, that's what sort of made him a journeyman. But now he's understanding his role, you know, between Golden State and LA and now Phoenix. That, you know, he can contribute to, you know, a team winning the title, and um, be a major contributor. So, um, you know, that's it's another guy that Dallas gonna have to deal with. But, you know, one of the things, and I guess I'm gonna go ahead and start getting in the Phoenix series because I'm already talking about it. But, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, somebody was posting is how, um, Aiden was doing it on the offensive and defensive end in the Phoenix series, and, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is that, you know, you know, luckily for Dallas, when it comes to Aiden's defense, you know, Powell isn't a major contributor on the offense now. I think Powell will get more dunks this game. Um, one of the things that affected the the pick and roll with, between Luka and Powell was Gobert's length. Um, throwing it over Gobert, Gobert was very difficult, and you could see it, because I think even Gobert and side blocked it a few times, the lob. <clears throat> and so they didn't run it very often. I think it's a play they can run a lot on DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton is a fantastic player. I, I don't know why they didn't extend him. It's kind of boggles my mind. But he'll obviously get his extension in the offseason. If he doesn't, Phoenix really needs to think about <clears throat> selling their team to somebody who knows what they're doing. But... <clears throat> Um, you know, Aiton isn't going to... I don't think Aiton will be the defensive difference maker that he was in New Orleans. Now, the same night that Dallas um, clinched their series against Utah, Phoenix clinched their series against New Orleans. Um, You know, Booker did come back and play. He was really a shell of himself. He really didn't do a lot. And so... You know, they still pulled off the win. New Orleans, if I were New Orleans fans, I'd be very frustrated with the fact that I see, I'm seeing these dunks by Zion in pregame, but yeah, he can get out there and play 20 minutes for an injury that's like a three-month injury. I don't know, man. I I don't understand that, but, you know, and I'll get into it in the offseason. New Orleans will be, I think, a really good team next year if they sort of keep their same core together, but we'll, like I said, we'll get into that in the offseason. But Phoenix... Um, to see them, I don't want to say struggle, but to see New Orleans be able to win some games, even with Booker in the lineup, um, is sort of promising for Dallas. Uh, you know, like I said, one of, one of New Orleans contributors is Valanchunas and, you know, Aiton. Did have to play a lot of defense because Valanciunas was going to play that, like I said, old fashioned basketball. And Valanciunas played well, but you know, more Dallas doesn't play that. Dallas doesn't have like Dwight Powell is not going to be backing down. Aiton, at least I hope not. Um, Dwight Powell is going to be doing pick and rolls when Maxi's in the game. Aiton's going to have to play the the three point line. Um, I'm hoping Maxi can get back to you know shooting. Um, you know, he didn't shoot. He shot 20% this last game. He was one for five. He really missed a lot um, of shots. I'm hoping he can get that back. You know, he had the one game where he hit like 10 of them or eight of them or whatever it was. I'm hoping he can get some of his shooting back this series because I think it's going to be very important, um, you know, making sure, you know, you keep and honest. You know, you keep DeAndre Aiton on the, on the three-point line. Even Bertans is a guy I think you can play. Um, minutes against Aiton, Uh, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to sit here and say Bertans is going to be able to defend him, but like I said, Aiton doesn't have the length that Gobert does. Gobert's length really bothered Dallas, and I'm really happy they don't have to deal with him anymore, but um, I think Bertans can, Bertans has a better chance against staying in front of eight if this if that makes sense sort of staying in front of eight and making him shoot shots instead of giving him dunks that sort of thing he he's not going to shut him down obviously but if bertans can just make him um and even same thing with maxi if bertans and maxi can sort of just make him um take shots instead of dunks and layups that's sort of a win, because on the other end, they have to make him defend them on the three-point line. Uh, You know, when Powell's out there, obviously the pick and roll is going to be there. He's not going to defend the the three-point line that often, but Luca does a good job in finding Powell ways to get the back, you know, to get buckets. Um, When they do run pick and roll, you know, Aiton will probably switch onto Luca, which will put either Crowder or Bridges, whoever it is, is going to be defending Luca on Powell. Um, now, I think those guys can do a good job defending Powell because Powell doesn't really have that big much of a size difference when it comes to being inside. Um, they just they get creative when in you know, a lot of teams like to double Luca and he'll find Powell for a dunk or whatever. So this this is one of those series where dallas is gonna have to beat phoenix and th- they've had a problem beating phoenix and i don't want dallas to get swept i would like to see this go seven um you know one of the things dallas one of the advantage dallas may have is i don't know how much booker's injury is going to linger uh, hamstring isn't something that just goes away. You know, you kind of see it with James Harden, and we'll talk about Philly here in a minute, but you see with James Harden where it lingered, and you're just sort of not the same player when your hamstring is always sore. So that might help Dallas. Um, one of the things they're going to have to figure out is how to keep Chris Paul from dominating him in the fourth quarter. One thing I think they should do is basically do what other teams did to Luka and sort of just blitz him. Uh, make him give the ball up. Um, throw two guys at him when he crosses the half court. Throw two guys at him. Make somebody else handle the ball. Make somebody else distribute. And then whoever it is, whether it's Bullock or it's Dorian Finney-Smith, just try and play you know ball denial. Don't let him get the ball back. Uh, you know, See if Booker can move. See how well Booker can move and you know the other guys crowder and bridges you know they're going to be in there in crunch time they're jump shooters um bridges is a little bit better at creating his own shot than crowder crowder is more of just a jump shooter so bridges will somewhat be able to create his own shot but you have to stay on those guys and obviously there's eight you know phoenix's talent from one to seven you know like dallas they played a heavy seven man lineup in that last game against utah and i just think phoenix's seven is more talented um with you know you you had cam johnson in there um i I don't know who their who i could say their seventh best player is between you know i'm not a huge fan of campaign i I think he's been overrated i think he had one good series last year um I can't remember who they were playing, but um, the only thing I can think of is, like, um, Javel McGee only played three minutes in the last game, so he's obviously not a guy that he, they threw out there a lot. Campaign is their um, – actually, Shaman, Shaman and Campaign played close to the same minutes, so they, sp- they split those guys. You know, they play more of an eight-man rotation, but Shaman and Payne kind of split that if you're going to go seven. And Shaman, he's just a jump shooter. He he was a non-factor in the New Orleans game. The clinching game, he had zero points, and Campaign only had three. With, with Phoenix, it's their top six, who are very talented, I think, between Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson's a really good defender, and he can shoot, obviously. Um, his you know he only played twenty three minutes in that last game against New Orleans, and he had thirteen points, but he only missed three shots. Um, he, he's just, he's a long defender, and you have to stay on to you have to stay on bridges, you have to stay on Cam Johnson. You can't give them shots now. Crowder's a guy who's, I think if you're going to double off anybody, it could be Crowder, but he can still shoot well. He only shot twenty five percent, like I said in that last game, so. Um, you know, Aiton was the guy who had 22 and he was 10 for 12, shot no three. So you're not going to have to worry about Aiton on the three-point line. Booker only had 13 points. He was one for six on three. It was Chris Paul. He didn't miss a shot. He made all 14 shots. He was one for one on his threes, four for four on his free throws, and he had eight assists. He just dominated New Orleans. They had no answer. Um. Like I said, I I think what you have to do with Paul is you have to blitz him the minute he gets across the line, the half court line, and you have to force the ball out of his hands. And then you have to play ball denial. You can't just play him straight up. He's a really smart player. You know, he's gonna figure out a way. He's gonna figure out a way to get the get a shot. He it doesn't matter who you put on him. It doesn't matter the size of the guy you put on him. He's going to figure it out. And you you just, you just have to take the ball out of his hands, and you have to make the other guys beat you. I, I think that's the only way you beat Phoenix. And I, I don't think... Um, I, I think Dallas could beat Phoenix if they did that. Because I, I, I don't think... Booker is that healthy now. Booker is getting some time off just like Luca, you know. Luca needs Luca still has that calf injury. I'm sure that he still feels it. Um now he did play uh 42 minutes, which was crazy to see. Luca played 42 minutes, but this 3 games, this 3 days off is a big deal for, you know, resting you know that calf injury. I don't know how much it still affects him, but Having three days off is a big deal, and I think it's a big deal for Booker as well. So, I, you know, that's the one thing you, I, I think Chris Paul is better at getting a shot than Booker is, as good as Booker is. I think you can still, I don't wanna say stop, but I think you can still slow Booker down. Um, I just don't think you can slow Chris Paul down when he's going to get a shot. You have to take the ball out of his hands. You just have to you have to double him, and you just have to take the ball out of his hands. And you you have to rotate on defense. And if you're going to give up an open three, you just better hope that they miss, because um, you know Phoenix to me is the best team in the West. Um, Golden State is right there. I. I knew once golden state was completely healthy and you know clay had his time to sort of work his way back you know he's had three months pretty much since he's been back he's still not the same clay but he is better um but you know golden state just dominated denver denver i think had didn't have a lot of talent so you know they had so many injuries but you know, I, I think Dallas. I think Dallas has a chance. Dallas is good enough to beat Phoenix, but they have to play their best basketball, and they're going to need some bounces to go their way. So it's going to be a tough one. Like I said, I hope Dallas can drag it out to seven. Um, I, you know, I really doubt they win. I really think they'll get beat. Um, I do hope they can make it go seven. I do hope that they don't let Phoenix just continue to dominate them like they have this past three years or whatever it's been. Um, so hopefully it's a competitive series. And hopefully, like I said, we can. Hopefully you have it. You just want to give yourself a chance. And I just want Dallas to give. Um, Dallas to have a chance you know maybe maybe they they're winning at the end or they're losing and they have a chance to win with a shot just something make it exciting you know don't get blown out so that's what we need from this Dallas Um, as far as the other teams so I was listening to a pod and they were ranking um, the top 8 teams left and everybody pretty much had dallas at the end <laughs> they had him last now i don't think dallas is the worst team uh i think they did this ranking before the Embiid news Embiid's not going to be playing he's got a broken face now i don't know if that means he can wear a mask after x number of games but they're saying he's out indefinitely but indefinitely doesn't have a to me doesn't mean anything or whatever i don't know what that means but to me ranking the top four teams is pretty simple and i i don't really have an order it's just what i'm looking at so this isn't a order for the top four i think all these top four teams could win the finals it's phoenix golden state milwaukee and boston I think those four teams have the greatest chance of winning the finals. So to me, those are the four best teams. Now, I think Dallas is better than Memphis. You know, Dallas is a bad matchup for Memphis. Dallas played Memphis very well throughout the season. I think they beat them three out of four times. I think Dallas is a better team than Memphis. So, I would put Dallas above Memphis, and I know that's a homer take, and I'm not saying Memphis is a bad team. I just think Dallas is a better team. Um, You know, Memphis, they – Memphis, there's just something about them, you know, especially watching against Minnesota. Now, Minnesota is – Minnesota is just – they blew it. Minnesota had that series. Minnesota could have won that series. Unfortunately, their best player is like 20 years old. The guy who thinks he's their best player is not. And he just. There's just something about Carl Anthony Towns that's annoying. But Anthony Edwards is the best player. They need to upgrade that D'Angelo Russell spot. I don't know if they'll be able to trade him or if they just basically hope to grow as a team and be better, which I think they will be, you know. At some point, Edwards is gonna take the reins, and it. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't doubt if it was next year. But to me, uh, Memphis. I think Dallas is better than Memphis, and I think Dallas is better than Philly. I think Dallas and Miami are the sort of the same team. I, I look at those team. I look at Dallas and Miami, and they play exactly the same way. You know, Bam is better than Powell, obviously, but. You know, Luka's better than anything Miami has. And I I just think, I think Philly and Memphis are the two worst teams, especially now that Embiid's out. I think Dallas is better than Philly. Now, Philly did beat Dallas pretty handily in the game they played at the end of the season. But I just think Dallas is a better team because after Embiid and Harden... Philly doesn't have nothing Philly doesn't have anything And You know Tobias Harris isn't that good a player You know Maxi, He had a good first couple games But he sort of He Fizzled out towards the end And I, I just think You know maybe If Dallas and Philly played a seven game series I think Dallas could win You know If Dallas and Memphis played a seven game series I think Dallas could win and if Dallas and Miami played a seven-game series, I think that would be a fantastic series, and it would be even all the way through, and either team could win. But if Miami and Dallas played those four teams, Phoenix, Golden State, Boston, Milwaukee, I think Dallas and Miami lose to those four teams. I, I think those are the four best teams. its I think two of those four are going to be in the finals. Obviously, Boston and Milwaukee play this round, which is too bad to see because That would have been a great Eastern Conference Finals. I think the winner of that series, Boston Milwaukee, is going to be in the finals. But I think Golden State and Phoenix will meet in the Western Conference Finals. Now, Golden State plays Memphis. Um, You know, one of the advantages that Golden State had on Denver was that their best defender was basically defending Denver's best player. And... Everybody else just had to watch the other guys not be able to do anything because the other four players on the court for Denver weren't any good. But now you're going to have Draymond covering the likes of Stephen Adams, who isn't really a part of their offense. Um, Now, I think against Minnesota, Stephen Adams was basically a non-factor. He was... Pretty much taken out at the beginning. I think when they started sort of losing, they realized Steven Adams wasn't effective against Minnesota. But you could probably play Steven Adams against um, Golden State when they're playing Looney. Now, if they start Draymond at the five, you could probably start um, Jaron Jackson at the five and you know jaron jackson can shoot from the outside so that's going to be an interesting matchup when they when they have those lineups out there when they both sort of go small you know like i said when golden state goes with looney i fully expect memphis to go with adams and those two are sort of going to cancel each other out i think adams is a better player than looney but neither guy is a guy who is going to really affect your game offensively or defensively from that standpoint. They're basically just going to cancel each other out. It's just when the those two guys are off the court. Um, as far as, you know, having Bane and um, Jaw, uh, I guess Brandon Clark is a guy who they, you know, I don't even know who Memphis plays as their... Um, as their best seven, they um, I, I watched a lot of their games. Dylan Brooks, forgot about him. So they they started actually Tillman at center. Um, Stephen Adams didn't even play this last game, but they started Tillman at center and Kyle Anderson and Brandon Clark are basically the and even Tyus Jones. Kyle Anderson didn't play as much as Tyus Jones, so it's more Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones off the bench. If th- those are those top, those are their top, um, basically seven. But I don't foresee a lot of Tillman even when um, you know, like I said, Looney is a guy that uh, d- Golden State doesn't play a lot, and you know I like Dylan Brooks. He He's a very good two-way player. He can play offense. He can play defense. You really don't hear a lot about him this year. But, you know, Looney played 21 minutes in the last game against Denver, so Looney is part of the lineup. Um, Otto Porter and Gary Payton are sort of the other guys they use. And I, you know, I think... I think Golden State is just far more talented than memphis you know seeing kyle anderson and tyus jones as your best two guys coming off the bench it doesn't you know (laughs) they're good they're good players especially tyus jones but kyle anderson is just kyle anderson probably won't be on their team next year i think he's a free agent i don't think they'll sign him but i think they'll they'll continue to develop some of the young guys and move him out um, you know, Bain, Bain, Brooks, and Morant, and Jackson are obviously the four guys that Memphis relies on in winning their games. The bigs are interchangeable, whether it's Adams or uh, Tillman. And then when they go small, they'll probably put in Jones. And Golden State is, to me, Golden State is a better matchup for Memphis than Minnesota was, you know, Anthony Edwards is a big guy, and I think Minnesota plays with a lot of length and size, they don't really have a lot of small guys, and so, you know, Jaw is kind of a small guy, and even Baney he's not that big, he's strong, but he's not, like, big, but I think Minnesota's length bothered Memphis, and You know, that was one of the advantages. Minnesota's length sort of bothered Dallas when they played. So, you know, that's one of the things that they don't have to worry about against Golden State. And that's what's going to, I think, make this series a little more interesting. I think think Dallas and Memphis are good matchups for Golden State because, you know, Golden State wants to put Draymond out there at the five and you know dallas will put powell or maxi out there and they're like yeah go ahead play your best defender against those two guys that's fine you know they don't care and i think it sort of goes the same way with um with memphis you know you can put draymond on jaron jackson now jaron jackson's a big contributor to what they do but jaron jackson can play on the perimeter and jaron jackson's got a lot of length jaron jackson's not a post-up guy, and that's what Draymond wants you to do. That's how, where he's has his strength. You know, defending Jokic in the post was something that he does well. He's not going to be defending Jackson in the post at all. There's not going to be any post touches for Jackson. So I think this is a good matchup for uh, Memphis. It's a better matchup for Memphis than Minnesota was. So I do think that is a good series. I, I, I think that'll be fun to watch. Um... I I think it I wouldn't be shocked if it went 7 to be honest. Um I think Golden State's the better team at the end of the day, and I think Golden State will win it even though Memphis does have home court advantage. I think Golden State will win it probably 6. I think Phoenix will probably win the series in 6. Now, Miami and Philly. So, Joel and Bead's out. Um these second-round games are pretty much every other day, so they come a lot faster than the first-round games. So, you know, like Dallas, they're playing just every other day. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, right? You're playing every other day. So Philly-Miami, um, if Embiid misses the first three games, I just fully expect Miami to beat those, beat them the first three games. Um, I don't really like think Philly's that good with Embiid. I think they just get a lot of calls those those calls aren't there as much in the postseason as they are in the regular season and when you play a team like Miami who has the reputation of being good defenders you're really not going to get those calls so you know Miami themselves have injuries they're dealing with between Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry now they don't play till Monday either so they are getting some time off um, that is something that Jimmy Butler could probably use and, you know, allowing him to come back. But even if Butler's out, I still think Miami has enough talent to beat Philly. Because then all you're worrying about is James Harden. And James Harden isn't the same James Harden as he was. You know, Oladipo has been playing well. Um, I'm not going to say he's great, but he's he's a guy who can score the basketball. Um, he has the ability to score basketball. You know, Tyler Hero can score. Um, You know, they still have Bam. Bam is a talented player. Um, Robinson can still shoot. And um, that Strauss, eh, you know, he's a good player. He plays hard. But I think Miami has more talent than Philly. And I I wouldn't be shocked if that game, that series was over in five or less. If it's four, it's not going to shock me. If it's five, I figure that's what it's going to be. Now, the best one of the second round to me will be Milwaukee-Boston. Again, I hate that they're meeting in the um, second round. Um, The game's on Sunday along with Golden State-Memphis, which will be fun to see those two games on Sunday. um, Milwaukee's not going to have Middleton. I think they're saying there's a chance, it's a slight chance that if this goes seven you might be able to see middleton and say in like game six or seven some people were reporting that he was going to miss the whole series i think milwaukee came out and said that's not true and there is a slight chance he could play Um, now milwaukee once they lost middleton they actually played and i'm not saying this against say anything bad against middleton at all middleton's very important what they do but They did make adjustments in the fact that they just blasted Chicago once Milwaukee, once Middleton went out. So, you know, Boston is a much better team than Chicago. Boston, to me, is one of the best teams in the league, like I said, to go along with Phoenix and Golden State. And, you know, Boston's got Boston's top five, to me, is up there with Phoenix in their top five. If I'm going to say who are my best five players, to me, Boston and Phoenix have the best five. When you start putting six and seven and eight guys out there, I think it sort of swings, I think, Golden State sort of, you know, their bench. I like who they bring off their bench. But, you know, Boston's bench guys are, you're they're just, eh, you know, Pritchard is a good player, but, you know, give me Cam Johnson over Pritchard, um, you know. I just I like who I like who Phoenix brings off the bench more than I do Boston, but Boston's best five are incredible between Tatum and Smart and Brown and the defense they play with Robert Williams and Horford. That defense is gonna smother you. And I think Milwaukee's gonna have a really hard time. One of the best defenders against Giannis. Um, Throughout his career in the playoffs was Horford. Horford always seems to do a good job defending Giannis. He's just a smart defender. He doesn't rely on, you know, he's a lot like Chris Paul when it comes to defense and Chris Paul, you know, Chris Paul's offense. You know, Chris Paul is a very smart offensive player. He's going to get to a spot whether you like it or not, and he's going to make the shot. Horford's the same way on defense. Horford's a very smart defender. He's not going to beat you with athleticism at all. But he's, you know, I'm not going to be shocked to see if Giannis picks up three offensive fouls a game, you know, against Horford. Because Horford is a very smart defender. And I think this could go seven. Um, I honestly think Boston will win the series. I think it will be Boston and Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think Boston will be in the Finals. And I think Phoenix and Golden State will be in the Western Conference Finals. And I honestly think Golden State will be in the Finals. Um, The way way Golden State's starting to show, you know, starting to, to play. You know, Clay Thompson's getting better. Draymond seems to be healthy. They've had this time off since between you know, the last game against Denver and the first game against Memphis. And they got all the time off to rest. And I just think once, you know, once Phoenix and Golden State face off in the Western Conference Finals, I think Draymond playing Ayton will be tough for Aiton. Um, Chris Paul will get what he wants, but at the same time, I think the shooting between Steph, Clay, and Poole will be better than what you get from Phoenix's guys and I I just think Golden State's the better team um Wiggins um (laughs) he's a guy that he's he might show up he might not yeah I don't know so you know we'll see um but um he's an all-star I guess but uh I I think it'll be Phoenix and Golden State and I think Golden State will uh Win the West Conference Finals, and I think it'll be Boston and Golden State, and I think that'll be fun Finals. Um, it'll be sort of an offense first defense kind of thing. Um, I'd be interested to see, uh, you know, who guards Jason Tatum when it comes to Golden State. Now, if Phoenix, if it's Phoenix and Boston, obviously they're gonna put like Jay Crowder and even Mikael Bridges on Tatum, and you know, Cam Johnson will do some defending. If it's, you know, Golden State against Boston, you know, Andrew Wiggins can be a quality defender. Um, Clay Thompson, in his heyday was, I don't know if he's the same guy at this point. Maybe next year he will be, but I just think... Um, you know, unless something happens to a player for Boston, I think Boston will be in the finals. But I, but you know, it wouldn't shock me though if it were Phoenix, and it's not going to shock me if it's Golden State between in the West. So it'll be fun to see. But we got to get past this second round. Um, hopefully, it's Dallas and Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. Um, you know, I, I think I think Dallas is good enough to beat Phoenix. You know, like I was saying, I, I think they have to play perfect basketball, and I think they, it can work out. You know, guys have to shoot well. They have to shoot, you know, 37 to 40% at three. They have to defend Chris Paul, and I think they can win. Um, you know, they only have to do that for four games. Uh, you know, the Phoenix is obviously probably going to have a game where they blow Dallas out, but that doesn't mean... Dallas is gonna lose the series. They just they they have to defend Paul and make the shot for four games. And Tim Hardaway, I don't think he's gonna play. I I I don't know, man. I I I haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. I heard them say he was out definitely for the Utah series. And that's pretty much all I heard. I didn't hear anybody really say he was out definitely for the entire playoffs. Um I think there was another guy for denver who had the exact same injury who actually came back and played in the playoffs for denver so and a lot of people were like yeah you can't compare injuries but you kind of can i don't know but i'd be interested to see if tim hardaway actually showed up if he does show up what kind of impact can he have and you know how many minutes can he play you know if tim hardaway can get out there and give you 20 minutes and, you know, hit some threes, I think that would be great, Um, but like I said, I haven't heard any news on Tim, and I just, I don't know if, um, I don't know if he's going to be available or not, so we'll see, but first game is Monday, so I'll probably do a pod on Tuesday, and we'll go over, you know, the All four games, because all four games will have been played by Tuesday. Um, Tuesday night will be other games, but um, we'll at least have game ones out of the way for each series, so we'll do that. But other than that, if you would like to uh, follow me on Twitter, you can, at the Outsider. If you could rate and review your podcast, wherever you get your podcast, I'd appreciate it. But until next time, we'll see you later.